Welcome everybody to the March 1st, 2021 Lecture Fan Podcast and live stream. Monday night, biggest night of the week in terms of the Lecture Fan stream, the Lecture Fan Podcast. March 1st, big news today. The markets, the markets recovered after their disastrous sell-off last week. Uh, bond bond yields stabilized. The Dow was up almost two two percent today, over six hundred points. S and P five hundred had its best day since June, up two point three eight percent. Nasdaq up three percent. Russell two thousand up three point three seven percent. Everything way up. So thank you guys for stopping in. Let's get it going. Oil Trade Group is poised to endorse carbon pricing. From the Wall Street Journal. The American Petroleum Institute said the move to put a price on carbon emissions would be a step toward meeting terms of the Paris Climate Accord. Dude, this just goes to show you all you need to know about the oil industry and their connection to government and the extensiveness of the climate alarmist lobby and the global warming lobby. Because let's be real, are the oil companies now in favor of carbon pricing? because they really are concerned about global warming or are they in favor of it because they know it will help their business in the long run by making it so no new oil companies will ever be able to pop up. Wall Street Journal, March 1st, 2021. The oil industry's top lobbying group is preparing to endorse setting a price on carbon emissions in what would be the strongest signal yet that oil and gas producers are ready to accept government efforts to confront climate change. Right. Now, why are they ready to accept government efforts? Huh? No, does it have anything to do with the fact that Biden just won? Nah, can't be. Nah, it's just, it's just they finally, they finally came around on global warming. The American Petroleum Institute. All right, going back to the Wall Street Journal. The American Petroleum Institute, one of the most powerful trade associations in Washington, is poised to embrace putting a price on carbon emissions as a policy that would lead to the most economic path to achieve the ambitions of the Paris Agreement. Okay, so the question I have, why does the American Petroleum Institute care about the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? Oh, it's because they are in bed with the establishment Washington swamp, and that's what the swamp is out there pushing. Oh, look at how wonderful, look at how wonderful the oil companies are. Look at how wonderful oil companies are for going for the Paris Agreement. Do these people really think that the left, the Democrats, are going to come around and just start talking about how amazing big oil is now that they support the Paris Climate Agreement? This is the Wall Street Journal. API supports economy-wide carbon pricing as the primary government climate policy instrument to reduce CO2 emissions while keeping energy affordable instead of mandates or prescriptive regulatory action. Oh, so that's why they're, maybe that's one of the reasons they're doing it. Wall Street Journal reports, carbon pricing aims to discourage the production of harmful greenhouse gases by setting a price on emissions. The API draft statement would endorse the concept in principle without backing a specific pricing scheme such as a carbon tax. An endorsement of carbon pricing by the oil industry's most important trade group would underscore the changing politics of climate change as major business groups acknowledge the dangers posed by greenhouse gases and adjust to a new reality in Washington. Another major business group, the Business Roundtable, endorsed carbon pricing last year. 
API was one of the fiercest opponents just more than a decade ago when Congress last considered major legislation on the issue a plan to have emitters pay and trade for their contributions to climate change. Now it's just the latest of several to support similar plans to put a price on or tax emissions following an announcement from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in January. Okay, the more I read about this, the more I'm actually thinking that this must be, this must be these business groups trying to figure out a way to basically prevent the Democrats from passing something insane like the Green New Deal. But it's like, here, let me make it clear, folks. Let me make it clear. I am 100% against any kind of carbon tax or carbon trading or anything like that. 100% against it. We don't need more government, federal government intervention in the marketplace on climate change. What I'm in favor of is protecting the environment uh, using traditional uh, traditional environmental controls and, and putting pushing back against traditional pollution and, and saving the um, saving the, our forests and stuff okay here's a really good point too I've been reading Mike Mike Schellenberger's new book I don't know if you guys know who Michael Schellenberger is Michael Schellenberger Michael Schellenberger is a climate scientist who's been a climate scientist for he's been working on climate science for like 20 or 30 years yeah he's literally like the founder of environmental progress the guy's like an actual like socialist too he's a hero of the environment the green book award winner and the founder and president of environmental progress he's a he's the author of the best-selling new book apocalypse never which received strong praise from scientists and scholars, including Harvard, Steven Pinker, MIT climate scientist, Carrie Emanuel, the former CEO and chief scientist of the Nature Conservancy. This may be the most important book on the environment ever written. But here's the thing. I've been reading that book, right? I've been actually reading that book. I read, well, I'm listening to it on Audible. I listened to maybe the, I, I listened to like six or seven hours of it this weekend. And what he talks about, what he talks about is actually how, um, if you actually want to, if you actually want to preserve species, if you want to pr uh, reduce deforestation, if you want to control pollution, like if you want to do, um, if you want to, if you want to have waste management systems, if you want to control trash, like traditional environmentalism, traditional environmentalism, taking care of our trash, not not putting trash into the oceans, um, not not tearing down trees conserving conserving forests uh, not allowing p pollution and stuff like that if you want to do that honestly some of the best stuff you can do is fossil fuel development especially around the world because what happens is um like right now in a lot of places in africa they use wood and charcoal uh for their energy which is way, 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 way worse on the actual environment in terms of deforestation, destroying habitat for animals and all this other stuff. Um, so if you can actually allow some of these poor places around the world to develop fossil fuels um, and they become wealthier, econom economic development is one of the best things for the environment. I mean, look at, look at how much the United States of America has done for our environment. The richer you get, the more you develop, the wealthier you get, the better you get at waste management, the better you get at um, 
controlling traditional pollution the better you get at conserving um conserving forests uh, the better you get at preserving habitat for animals and species and so it's actually pretty incredible like this whole attack attack on fossil fuels is actually counterproductive to saving the environment and so we're and, and the problem is the problem is is that another big problem is that you the focus on co2 alone this obsessive obsessive focus on co2 alone is totally for is totally taking our focus off other real environmental concerns such as traditional pollution um, habitat loss um, deforestation um, waste management etc 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 so and this is a perfect example like the number one the number one news story right now being about a carbon trading scheme it's like really this is what we're all going to spend our time on is, is talking about a carbon tax and a carbon trading scheme when what we ought to be doing is figuring out how can we get fossil fuel and economic development and coal power, coal, coal fired power plants and natural gas power plants to Africa so that these places can get some economic development and, and change their, where their energy is coming from because that's the number one way that uh, we can actually help the environment. That's the thing. Science and development and things and inventions. Dude, we don't even know. We don't even know how we're going to get our energy in the future. There could be all kinds of different crazy inventions and discoveries like that, which is why it's such a stupid idea to have the federal government maybe playing venture capitalist. It's like, no, we don't we don't need the federal government to play venture capitalist based on, you know, some theory that's started out political and has continued to be political and now everybody who promotes it has a financial conflict of interest environmentalism and preserving the environment and stopping traditional pollution and saving the rainforest and stuff like that this is one of those issues this is one of those issues that we should be able to come together on as americans even as quote-unquote citizens of the world like this is something most people agree most people agree yeah we love to have we like to have clean air we like to have clean water we like to have natural environments pristine natural environments most people want that stuff and so we could actually be focusing on that instead we're sitting here obsessing about carbon trading and blah 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 and totally losing our focus on the basics clean air and clean water i mean i always tell people Check out Montana. Montana is the perfect example. Montana had a lot of pollution problems and stuff back in the mining days and, and stuff like that. But as Montana has become economically developed and we've cleaned up a lot of our pollution and um, we've preserved a lot of our forests, Montana has pristine, beautiful, natural environments with some of the largest intact forest areas in the world we should this this is an example frankly it, it's even it's gone now the question then becomes what's reasonable and frankly i'm all in favor of reasonable environmental regulations at the state level but some places even take it too far like i i would say you can still have reasonable economic development natural resource development montana's gone a little bit too far sort of anti-mining mindset um but in terms of like clean clean air and clear water like 
Dude, Montana has pristine, crystal clear water all around the state and beautiful crystal, crystal clean air. Carbon credits are the most absurd thing about climate change. It enables rich people to think they can buy themselves green and enforce their ideas on others while still flying around in private. Exactly, Gen 10. Great point. Great point, Gen 10. And that's exactly what happens, too. That's exactly what happens. And then you end up with this sort of like what they call like environmental neocolonialism or whatever, where you've got all these rich people in the U.S., rich leftists who pay pay to quote unquote offset their carbon footprint and meanwhile they're going around and telling other people to they're not allowed to do what they're doing because they can't afford to offset it i mean it's really pretty horrible the left is not interested in reducing pollution they simply want to use the issue to gain more power and control people right tally man they cared about pollution. They'd reject the Paris Accords, which permit China and India to go on polluting for decades. Exactly, Tally Man. Exactly. That's the thing. They're, they're obviously not concerned about traditional pollution. They're obviously not concerned about saving the rainforest. Because if they were, if they were concerned about traditional pollution, if they were conserved, concerned about saving the rainforest and traditional pollution they wouldn't we wouldn't be having number one news story on wall street journal be about carbon trading the wall street journal goes on the institute's draft statement stops short of explicitly endorsing attacks on carbon dioxide emissions or other specific pricing framework and stops short of the language of environmental activists who argue the world must transition away from fossil fuel power sources altogether see this is so stupid like the, I, I just totally disagree with these oil companies thinking this is a good idea. First of all, you're never going to appease the, the radical left. They're always going to hate you. Second of all, you can, you can stop short of saying that we should transition totally away from fossil fuel. But that's where this is headed. Why would you support carbon trading but say we, we shouldn't try to totally get off fossil fuel? The whole point of carbon trading is the end goal is to eliminate fossil fuel energy. So the, these oil companies are literally laying the seeds of their own destruction. It's a bad idea, but they probably feel like they have politically no choice. They probably feel like if they don't come out and support this, then the left is going to push even more extreme, more radical Green New Deal stuff. And they're going to be able to use these oil companies as a villain. But now the oil companies can say, no, 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 we support, we support carbon trading. Quote, just two days after the annual report was released, Total SA announced it was leaving the organization saying API wasn't fully aligned with it on climate change. The French oil giant has been pushing to transform its company into producing and selling renewable power and pointed directly to API's past opposition to carbon pricing and U.S. regulation on methane emissions in its decision. Quote, the company acknowledges the API's considerable contribution for over a century to the development of our industry. Nevertheless, as part of our climate ambition, we are committed to ensuring in a transparent manner that the industry associations of which we are a member adopt positions and messages that are aligned with those of the company in the fight against climate change. Wow! This company is dedicated to its own destruction. So it's an oil company saying that the only thing they'll support is the abolition of oil. Wow, that is, that is liberalism and leftism in a nutshell right there. Liberalism and leftism is is such that an oil company would make its number one goal to destroy itself. 
I mean, that French oil company is dedicated to destroying oil and, and eliminating oil. It's like, geez, you must not have much faith in yourself. You, you must think that you are a very evil company then. You must hate yourself. It really goes to show you how sort of sick you can get with this leftism. So much so that you will want to destroy your own thing. It's like owning a steakhouse and saying, we are, we are dedicated to totally eliminating all steak in the next 10 years. We're a steakhouse. We've been a steakhouse for 100 years. We've made our name on steakhouse, being a steakhouse, and we still sell steak. However, we are dedicated as a company to transitioning to fish only in the next 10 years. It's like, wow, you really have to hate yourself to do that. You really have to think that you're an evil person. AP story posted March 1st. Democrat voting bill would make biggest changes in decades. As Congress begins debate this week on sweeping voting and ethics legislation, Democrats and Republicans can agree on one thing. If signed into law, it would usher in the biggest overhaul of U.S. elections law in at least a generation. Oh my gosh. H.R. 1, Democrats' 800-page bill would touch virtually every aspect of the electoral process striking down hurdles to voting erected in the name of election security basically eliminating election security wow curbing partisan gerrymandering and curtailing the influence of big money in politics wow republicans see those very measures as threats that would both limit the power of states to conduct elections and ultimately benefit democrats notably with higher turnout among minority voters that's a lie right there no that's not what the concerns that Republicans have are that it's unconstitutional. And number two, it reduces uh, election security and integrity even more than it's already been reduced. And it causes even more distrust in the outcome of our election. I mean, imagine Democrats for the last 40 years have already been very successful in, in getting rid of our election security laws. The AP continues, the stakes are prodigious with control of Congress and the fate of Joe Biden's legislative agenda in the balance. But at its core, a more foundational principle of American democracy is at play, access to the ballot. We already have access to the ballot. This is insane to listen to this. They're, act they're acting as if we still don't let people vote in America. What the heck are they talking about? Access to the ballot. We already have access to the ballot. It's easier to vote today than it's ever, ever been. We have more access to the ballot than we've ever had in the history of the world. We've had less security measures. We've had less hoops you have to jump through. It's a joke. It is an absolute joke. Everybody has access to the ballot. They don't have to do anything to do it. They don't have any skin in the game. They don't have to make any effort whatsoever to vote. Oh my gosh, we need to get access to the ballot. Some people in the United States don't have access to the ballot. Oh, really? Really? Huh, interesting. If people don't have access to the ballot, then why are minority voting uh, turnout rates the highest they've ever been? Record levels. Huh? Where is, where is any reference in this of, where is any reference in this of the idea of being a responsible voter? As a lot of our founding fathers said, once the people 
figure out that you can just vote yourself a raise on the backs of other people, then the system comes falling down. I'm not in favor of voter suppression. I'm not in favor of restricting access to the ballot. But I am in favor of a cultural value where we, where we encourage people to be responsible, informed voters. This whole idea that you should vote, even if you don't have the first clue about anything that's going on and you've never researched anything and you're just going in uh, to vote for the pure sake of voting without having any interest in politics, I think is, is one of the reasons we, we're at where we're at in this country. In my opinion, I don't think it's a bad thing that you should have to put a little bit of effort into voting because you know why if you require if you require minimal effort just minimal effort like like hey if you're going to vote you need to go to the you need to go to the polls on election day you need to show your ID that's not a lot to ask that is not a lot to ask that doesn't prevent anybody from accessing the ballot that doesn't suppress anybody it doesn't do anything it's super easy everybody can do it it's just this tiny, 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 tiny little effort you have to put in. And that's actually, you, you actually get better results because now the only people that are, are willing to go to make that little bit of effort are going to be people that actually have an interest in politics. And we, you want informed, responsible voting. You don't want, you don't want people just going in just to vote for the sake of voting without ever informing themselves on the topics. Seriously, the reason, the reason that our government is so screwed up right now is because you've got so many uninformed, low information, ignoramuses voting, ignorant people who don't know, they don't know the constitution, they don't know history, they don't know policy, they don't know anything and they're voting. And that's why we end up with, Joe, you know, millions and millions of people voting for Joe Biden. At least the Democrats know where their bread is buttered, right? Democrats know how they win. That's why House Resolution number one, the very first bill that the Democrats do is to totally wipe out all of our voting security laws. Why would, why would the Democrats make it the number one priority of them to wipe out our voting security laws if they didn't know that that's how they win? I'm saying that as a country, as a society, we should encourage informed voting. We should, we should tell people, we should say to our friends, to the country, our leaders should say this, our, our political commentators, Twitch, Twitch streamers should say it. This is what we should say. That's awesome if you wanna vote, I encourage you to vote. However, I would recommend that you inform yourself before you vote. Please study the constitution Please understand the history of mankind and the history of ideas and the history of governments. Please read the Constitution, study the Constitution, and then please read up on the policies that each of these candidates supports and the likely outcomes of those policies. You know, we should just encourage people to do these certain things. Inform yourselves on uh, the, the candidates and, and what the candidates believe and inform yourself on the background of the candidates of each side's candidates you know look at the party the party's platforms look at the histories of the parties but but primarily look at what america was founded upon and stuff like that and we need to encourage and then if you do that that's that's then then you should vote then then you then you will be able to then you will be able to make an informed decision and you will be really able to help the country you'll be helping the country by 
you know, you're going to feel more comfortable that you voted for the right person. Because if you just go and vote because the media told you that all Republicans are Nazis and then you go and vote, you're not an informed voter and you're actually harming the country. You're harming the country because um, you're, you're, get, you're, you're, uh, you're making this country have worse outcomes. So, you know, that that's what I think we need to be doing. This, But look, the Democrats, you got to give them credit. The Democrats are focused, number one focus is on getting rid of our voting integrity laws. They know that that's how they win. All right, the AP article goes on, quote, This goes above partisan interests. The vote is at the heart of our democratic system of government. We don't have a democratic system of government, you idiot. That's the battleground. Everyone knows it. Yeah. We all do know it. Barriers to voting are as old as the country, but in more recent history, they have come in the form of voter ID laws. Oh, my. They're literally still trying to say that voter ID laws are a barrier to voting. Are you serious? And other restrictions that are up for debate in state houses across the country. Yeah. You know why they're up for debate in state houses across the country? Because 100 million Americans don't trust that we have free and fair elections anymore because of what Democrats have done in getting rid of our voter integrity laws. Why would you want to like, do these, do these Democrats not realize that the reason that we are, one of the reasons that we're in a precarious position right now is because a hundred million Americans, half, half of, half of American voters don't have faith in our elections. And these Democrats know it. The Democrats know that half of Americans don't trust the election results. And they want to make it even worse? They want to make it even worse? What do they think that's going to result in? Do these Democrats think that it's going to result in a really good thing for the country? To, to take, to take a, a, a voting system that's no longer trusted, that no longer has integrity, and, and, and make it even worse? Do, they, do you realize like that's going to cause... A lot of problems for this country. If Democrats were good faith, they would say, okay, we understand there's a lot of concerns about our voter integrity. There's a lot of concerns about uh, whether our elections are free and fair. Fine. We, we, should, we, we agree. We should, we, should have some basic, uh, we should have some basic voter security measures in place. We should verify that voters are eligible to vote, a.k.a. verify that they're American citizens. You know, we should keep our registrations up to date you know we should do um limited only limited absentee voting um we should do voter id we should do residency confirmation but democrats don't want to do any of that because you know what they rely on voters who are ignorant and uninformed and lazy and not willing to make even the remotest amount of effort and again I don't support voting security laws because I think it's going to help Republicans. I do it because we're in a dangerous position as a country right now where half of the voters have serious and legitimate concerns about the integrity of our elections. Democrats would rather live in a country where we have a huge chunk of the country that doesn't trust the results. And do you know how many problems come from that? What, what, do, you, what do you think happens? What do you think happens in a country when... Half of the people don't trust that our elections are free and fair.
the Heritage Foundation put a, put out a piece on February 1st, 2021. The facts about election integrity and the need for states to fix their election systems. And they, they, they put in place a couple of recommendations for what states should do. Number one, verify the accuracy of voter registration lists. And there's a whole bunch of like ideas for how to do that. 14, 14 different points of how to do that. Verify the citizenship of voters. Number two. And then there's five ways of how to do that. Require voter ID. And then there's five ways to do that. Limit absentee ballots. Absentee ballots should be reserved to those individuals who are too disabled to vote in person or who will be out of town on election day. And then there's 15 ways to do that. Prevent vote trafficking. Vote trafficking, also called vote harvesting by third parties, should be banned. Democrats are in favor of vote harvesting. Unbelievable. Allow election observers complete access to the election process. Political parties, candidates, third-party organizations should all be allowed to have observers in every aspect of the election process because transparency is essential to a fair and secure system. And then there's ways to do that. Provide voting assistance. Uh, voting assistance to voters who are illiterate, disabled, or otherwise require assistance. Counting votes. Prohibit early vote counting. Provide state legislatures with legal standing. What states should not do? No same-day voter registration. No automatic voter registration. No private funding of election officials and government agencies. I mean, these are basic, basic things that are, should be left up to the state. That's right. Congress does have the ability to interfere in states' election laws. So Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution says, quote, The times, places, and manners of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But Congress may at any time make or alter such regulations except as to the place of choosing senators. It is well settled that the Elections Clause grants Congress the power to override state regulations by establishing uniform rules for federal, federal elections binding on the states. Congress can totally wipe out election laws, which is why this is so scary what the Democrats are trying to do with H.R. 1. Republican Representative Tom Cole said, quote, what's worse, it, does, it, uh, it imposes from Washington, D.C. a one-size-fits-all regulatory scheme on each state even though states have been traditionally allowed to generally run elections however they see fit. Yeah, so it's like, dude, it's supposed to be up to the states. The default is that the states should do it. Congress is only supposed to get involved, you know, if there's a really strong reason. Frankly, what, frankly, if Congress is going to do anything, Congress should be putting in place election security, voting security laws, not, not, not invalidating state level voting security laws. Wow, dude, the Democrats bill would mandate early voting, mandate same day voter registration and other long sought changes by Democrats. Wow. It would also require dark money to disclose donors, create reporting requirements for online political ads and appropriate $2 billion for election infrastructure upgrades. Future presidents would be obligated to disclose their tax returns. Wow, dude. Wow. 
AP articles quotes Ken Cuccinelli. This is now a base issue. Democrat leadership is willing to sacrifice their own members to pass radical legislation. They are cannon fodder that Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, if the Democrats pass this, they are going to get wiped out in 2022 because this is insane. And I'm sure the AP article doesn't even actually tell the truth about how truly radical and how extreme this really is. And of course, you know, here I've, I've pretty much read this entire article now, or I'm getting close. I've read like three quarters of the article. And not one word, not one word about the fact that there are legitimate concerns about the freeness and fairness of our elections. And not one word about the consequences to this country if if you you take a sleeping bear and poke it which is 100 million Americans who have legitimate concerns about the integrity of our elections. And now you're going to just take wipe away the, even the, the few minor remaining integrity provisions. Like, what are you going to do? You're basically going to make, you're going to basically going to guarantee that half of Americans don't trust the election results. That is not a good place to go. It's not a good thing when half the country doesn't trust the election results. You know what happens after that? Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Democrats, I guess, don't care. The AP says, ultimately, though, the biggest obstacle Democrats face in passing the bill is themselves. Yeah. Because Democrats in swing districts don't want to lose. The vote is scheduled for a floor vote Wednesday. On some legislation, it takes only 51 votes to pass. On a deeply divisive bill like this one, they would need 60 votes under the Senate's rules to overcome a Republican filibuster, a tally they are unlikely to reach. Oh, good. Thank goodness they need 60 votes to get this through. The thing is, one of the, reason, one of the ways that you can tell that this entire thing is a corrupt attempt by Democrats is the fact that there are no there are no barriers to voting in the United States. Governor DeSantis. It's easier to vote now. Like they're 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 saying this is oh my gosh, we have to do this. This is so important, blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, you guys are there's no problem here. Everybody has the right to vote in the United States and everybody can vote. You're you're trying to do something to solve a problem that does not exist. There is no problem with ballot access in the United States. It's easier than it's ever been in the history of the world. And it's and the, it's gotten so easy because we've gotten rid of our voter integrity rules and regulations. And that's why you have millions and millions of Americans who no longer trust the results because you've gotten rid of all of our voting integrity on the idea that it's oh we have to make it easier for people to vote. It's like, dude, the goal, the goal in life is not to make voting as easy as possible so you don't have to put any effort into it. No, the goal in life is to have free and fair elections where we can trust the results. This idea where where our life goal is to make it so you don't have to do anything to vote but sit there on the on your couch and let's make it so the laziest of the the, the most uninformed, the most laziest voters make sure they get to vote. Oh, here we go. This this editorial board must be about HR1 making every election like 2020. 
HR1 mandates ballot harvesting and limits voter verification. Dude, is there any good faith reason why Democrats would be supporting this? I can't think of a single good faith reason why Democrats would want to would mandate ballot harvesting and prohibit voter verification. There are only bad faith reasons why Democrats would do this. I can't think of anything other than bad faith reasons why Democrats would want to destroy our election processes. All right, let's read this. Wall Street Journal editorial board making elec every election like 2020. If you thought the 2020 election ran like a finely oiled machine, you'll love what Democrats plan next. The Senate and House reserved their first bills, H.R. 1 and S. 1, for voting changes that would make mail balloting in a plague year seem buttoned up. We've gone through some details already, but it's worth another word as the House prepares to vote this week. Advocates present the legislation as a good government reform that won't favor either party. But H.R. 1 is packed with provisions that would federalize election rules to dubious result, unsettle long-standing practices, end security measures that local officials think prudent, undermine public confidence, and increase the odds of contested outcomes. Start with the permanent pandemic rules. H.R. 1 would create a federal right to a mail ballot, no excuse necessary. Registered voters couldn't be made to submit any form of identification as a condition of obtaining an absentee ballot. What? It prohibits you from, from being asked for an identification. H.R. 1 prohibits registered voters from being asked to submit any form of ID. This is so evil. State laws requiring mail votes be notarized or signed by witnesses would be trumped. Late arriving ballots would be valid nationwide for 10 days after election day. Oh my word. So now they can take in ballots for 10 days after election day. Oh yeah, that's going to give us a lot of faith in our elections. Dude, this is disturbing, man. This is just so, this is just right in your face. This is a big middle finger to America. This is just getting right up in the face of America, spitting in it, and then putting a finger, middle finger in the face of America. That's what this is. What are they going to do? Huh, interesting. So now we have to wait 10 days, or we would, if this passes... We now have to wait 10 days after election day to get our final numbers. Huh. I uh, wonder wonder what might happen in those 10 days. Anybody anybody have any ideas about what what could possibly happen in 10 days after election day? One of the things that I talked about on the election night of the Georgia special elections that I I came up with on that night that I thought was a great idea. I don't know why people don't talk about this why are people not talking about this more but what we should be requiring is that the counties or the districts should be reporting their election results at the same time because what democrats do is they don't report their vote totals until all the republicans have reported their vote totals all the republican counties have reported their vote totals and then after everybody else has reported then boom, then the Democrat county reports their data and bop, the Democrat wins. 
And if, if we can take ballots 10 days after Election Day, then all the Republicans will count their numbers and all the all the Republicans will report their numbers. And then guess what? Nine days, 10 days after Election Day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We just got a whole bunch of new ballots in. And look, look, they're postmarked by Election Day. I don't know why it took them so long to get here, but they just got here. Look, oh, the Democrat wins. All right, continuing with the Wall Street Journal editorial board. In other words, the bill would entrench last year's emergency experiment, further turning Election Day into Election Quarter. H.R. 1 would give Americans endless opportunities to relive the fun in New York's 22nd Congressional District, which didn't have a victor for 97 days. Out of Pennsylvania's 10,000 late-arriving ballots last year, an alarming 6.6 did not have legible postmarks. A state Senate seat outside Pittsburgh turned on whether or not to count mail ballots that voters neglected to date. One county tallied them. The county next door did not. What if the White House were in the balance? H.R. 1 would overrule state laws against ballot harvesting, letting Americans nationwide designate any person to return a vote provided the carrier does not receive any form of compensation based on the number of ballots. Also, states may not put any limit on how many voted and sealed absentee ballots that any designated person can return. Yes, paid partisan operatives could go door-to-door -door amassing thousands of votes as long as they build by the hour. Can't believe that Democrats want to man... They want to totally destroy our elections. This is truly disturbing stuff, man. This is disturbing literally mandating ballot harvesting we have to have ballot harvesting so now democrats can go out door to door and and pick up thousands and thousands of ballots and then also it's like um so you combine this no limitation on ballot harvesting democrat operatives going door to door collecting ballots and then you combine that with the fact that we don't keep our voting registration rolls up to date and we know for a fact that there's a lot of dead people on our voter registration rolls. There's people that have moved on the voter registration rolls. I mean, the voter registration rolls are not accurate. They're not up to date. We know that. And so we know that we have thousands and thousands of ballots sent out that are not going to eligible voters. You combine that with the fact that these operatives can, can go out and collect thousands of ballots and bring the ballots back to the office and be counted in the votes. This is absolutely preposterous. There is, there's absolutely no good faith reason why anybody would support this. The only reason you would support this is if you had evil motives. I haven't like given up yet on the ability of Americans to take back the country, like pro-constitution, Amer like Americans who still support the U.S. Constitution. I haven't given up on the ability of us, uh, of, of Americans to save our country and stuff. But if this were to pass, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could continue to maintain optimism. Under HR1, same day voter registration and 15 days of early voting would both be mandatory. Wow. They literally want a mandate procedures that that reduce the integrity of the election and mandate every state do things that lead to um legitimate concerns about the freeness and fairness of an election and just destroy public confidence in the results 
nobody would. If if this law passed, I would never ever trust another election result again in the United States. If the Democrats pass this through, I would I would never know. We will will never be able to know who the American people really voted for. Wall Street Journal goes on. State bureaucracies would be enlisted to register people who appeared in government records. Is this really a good role for the agency primarily responsible for maintaining identifying information for students enrolled at public secondary schools, which the bill would loop into the task? What? Wow. So whatever whatever government agency keeps the students' role, like keeps identification information of students in the public schools would now be forced to go around and try to register people to vote. At the same time, HR1 would make it harder to delete faulty records from voter lists. So not only that, but it prevents you from keeping the voting rolls up to date. Wow. The one, the one way that this could be not so bad is if we kept our voter registration lists up to date. But the bill also prevents you from keeping the voter registration lists up to date. This is stunning. This is stunningly in your face evil. HR1 says felons couldn't be denied the ballot with the exception of those imprisoned. But Congress's power isn't unlimited, so that provision says it applies only to federal races. Under HR1, some felons apparently would be eligible to vote in federal but not state elections. Would county officials have to keep two sets of voter lists and two sets of ballots? Similar questions hold for other federal mandates. Would mail ballots be accepted 10 days late in the race for president but not governor? Democrats are betting that if HR1 passes, states will alter their rules to match, but don't count on it. Other sleeper provisions. HR1 would create a scheme of public funds to match small political donations at a 6 to 1 rate. Give your guy 200, he might get 1200 from the government. The money would come from a 4.75% surcharge on fines and penalties paid by businesses or corporate officers. Small donors are great, but why do politicians need a taxpayer subsidy? The top five list for share of funds coming from small donors includes two socialists, AOC and Bernie Sanders, plus two take-no-prisoner conservatives, Matt Gates and Jim Jordan. HR1 would require the judiciary to create a code of conduct for Supreme Court justices. It looks like a way for Democrats to reach the high court with their tactic of juning up ethics complaints and phony calls for jurists to recuse. This is an 800-page bill, so we could go on. Holy smokes, dude. The main point is the goal after the wild election of 2020 should be to restore voter confidence. Democrats know that we have very little public confidence in our elections and they don't give a shit. They want to reduce it even further. It's absolutely stunning. Quick finish this article. Mr. Trump's unsubstantiated charges of widespread fraud did a great deal of harm, yet even people who fought his claims were uneasy about how fast the normal voting rules went out the window last year. If the race had been closer, the ensuing Pennsylvania recount might have made 2000 Florida mess look like a croquet at Mar-a-Lago. Ballot access important, but so is ballot integrity. We already have ballot access. We don't have ballot integrity. This idea that we don't have ballot access is one of the greatest lies ever told. There's, We have more than 
We have we have 100% ballot access. Every American who's entitled to vote can vote. We have 100% ballot access. We don't need to do anything to get ballot access. We already have it. Period. It turns out Mrs. Pelosi didn't really need it. Using the virus as an excuse, Democratic and liberal groups brought scores of lawsuits to force states to adopt many of its provisions. The practice that throughout the election in North Carolina just the other day remains perfectly legal in California, where it seems to benefit, amazingly enough, the Democrats. Officials and judges disregarded statutory deadlines for receipt of votes. They scrapped absentee ballot witness requirements. States set up curbside voting and drop off. It's incredible. It's just the, the, when you actually hear what the Democrats did, it's, it's, it's open. They did it in the open. They got rid of, they got rid of the way that we secure the election. They got rid of all of our election security. And then they're and then they think it's crazy or bad when Republicans question the results. It's like you guys got rid of all of our security rules or we have we don't have any election security left. And they just do it out in the open and like the American people are seem to be fine with it. It's so disheartening. How are people okay with this? This election was a mere glimpse of the system Mrs. Pelosi wants nationwide, and she's already suggested election reform might again be her first priority in 2021. This was literally about like 2018, 2019, and then she did, they did do, the, the Democrats did make it their number one priority. It's just crazy that P, the Democrats are openly they're openly trying to get rid of all of our voting security laws and they're putting it as their number one priority. How are the American people not saying you guys are out of control? How do Americans still support Democrats? I don't get it. Right, Maris Base. And then Time Magazine made it. Time Magazine bragged about it. How the Democrats totally changed all of our election rules to benefit Democrats and to get rid of all of our security provisions. I think the the GOP should have done a way better job. Frankly, the GOP should have been doing a better job for the last 30 years. The GOP should have filed so many lawsuits before the election happened. The GOP should have never allowed this situation to get where it could have. The GOP should have never said that coronavirus justifies um, making all these changes to our election rules. I mean, here's the thing. I agree with the Democrats. This is the number one most important issue. You notice, though, have you guys noticed? It's not in the news at all. There's there's hardly any news about it. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal editorial board is talking about it. But if you actually look at like the mainstream media over the last month or two, not one word. Not one word from the media about what the Democrats are trying to do to this country with this HR1. Not one word from the mainstream media about this, about the most important issue and about this insane attempt to just undermine the country in the most aggressive way possible by Democrats. It's the number one most important issue right now. And this is the most extreme radical attempt by the Democrats to alter our our rules on the most important issue in in a long time. And media's not talking about it. The mainstream media, not a word about it, which tells you also, that also tells you all you need to know. 
and and here's the thing democrats if they if if the democrats can't get it through congress then they'll push it through the states and when democrats can't get it through congress or through the states they go to the courts and when they can't get it from the courts they go to unelected officials or or local officials or whatever i mean democrats play for keeps democrats aren't joking around De democrats aren't like republicans democrats when they know where their bread is buttered democrats know that they win elections by getting rid of our voter security laws that's what they focus on and they don't they don't they don't stop fighting until they get it the gop could learn a little something about that Let's see what the real clear politics headlines are. I'm interested about the parliamentarian thing because I've heard a lot of like communists saying that that the the Senate can simply overrule the parliamentarian. We should be thanking the parliamentarian. After the Senate parliamentarian, Elizabeth McDonough concluded that a $15 a hour minimum wage provision could not be part of a budget reconciliation bill. House progressives, including AOC, Ilhan Omar, Pramila Jayapal, and Ro Khanna, all sung from the same song sheet. An unelected parliamentarian should not be allowed to block a minimum wage increase. They want the parliamentarian overruled or fired. Wow, that's how they think, huh? If you get a ruling you don't like, just what, screw them or over fire them. Fire them and put somebody in place till you get what they want. Just like with the Supreme Court. Oh, we don't like what the Supreme Court decided? Well, get rid of them, put more in there, pack the courts. Democrats just play dirty, just like they're doing with our election laws and voting laws. Democrats are just such dirty players. Democrats calling for the parliamentarian to be ignored or removed don't want to be hamstrung by Senate rules. They assert, not unreasonably, that voters care about their own economic security, not arcane legislative procedures. They don't fear fallout from using a hammer to nullify the bird rule by having Kamala Harris disregard the parliamentarian's advice or having Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer replace the parliamentarian with a new one who would issue favorable rulings. I will be shocked if the Democrats don't nuke the entire Senate, uh, totally get rid of the filibuster. I will be shocked if the 60 vote rule lasts through 2022. I mean, it's literally, Congress has been in session like two months and the Democrats are already trying to get rid of the Senate filibuster. And now, and now they're not going to be able to get $15 minimum wage because of the, <laughs> they can't get 60 votes for it. I cannot imagine the 60 vote filibuster rule lasting. Now, we better hope it does because it's the only thing saving America from these disastrous policies like the HR1 bill. Our entire country is literally hanging on a thread by Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, the only two Democrats that won't vote to get rid of the filibuster. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are on record opposing a move to gut the bird rule, as well as to nuke the filibuster. Manchin has stated he's for an $11 minimum wage, but not $15. Less, well, well, yeah, Manchin's from West Virginia. $15 minimum wage would destroy West Virginia. It's not the parliamentarian's fault the bird rule exists or that the filibuster exists or that Democrats are not united in support for a $15 minimum wage. The rules stay on the books because the majority of the Senate wants to keep them on the books. 
If the minimum wage is to be increased, it will be because enough members of Congress who hold different views negotiate with one another and reach a compromise. Progressives should work toward that end and leave the parliamentarian alone. Decent article. Decent article about the reality of, like, Senate, Senate politics. So, honestly, that kind of gives me hope. Reading that article, I was like, whew, okay. So, the filibuster is not in a ton of danger right now. I mean, I guess it is, but the fact that you've got two, two Democrat senators that don't want to change it is pretty powerful stuff. My name is Lecture Fan. I'm a Twitch streamer. I do conservative politics on Twitch. I'm a commercial litigation attorney. I've traveled the world. I believe in the U.S. Constitution. I do podcasts uh, with my Monday, Tuesday, Thursday streams. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash lctrfan, and on all other social media platforms as Lecture Fan. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy.